Amen. All right, so um, I'm going to ask them to play a video quickly, but as they're going to get ready to play that video clip, I want to say something to you. Um, the, the clip is about Jesus and Barabbas. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that what the clip says about Barabbas, that he actually, Barabbas, that he actually came to know the Lord, but we were all types of Barabbas in the sense of our sin needed punishment, but Jesus came and took our place. He became the replacement offering, okay? So watch this and be blessed. is cursed in my name is praise but it wasn't always this way the world was waiting for you the prophesied one the one Micah predicted in Bethlehem come King David named you Lord a thousand years before this day which is why I find it odd that your name is Christ and my name is praise. You're the image bearer of Isaac following his father. You're the one Isaiah saw as a lamb led to the slaughter. The psalmist called you a stone rejected by the builders and Jeremiah knew you'd be betrayed for 30 coins of silver. So how did you not know that this would be the end. Do you not know your betrayer would be a friend? It's always a surprise who will backstab us. I should know, because your name is Jesus, and my name is Barabbas. Yes, I heard about you. You're that teacher the Pharisees despise. You tell the blind to go in peace right after you open their eyes. You command demons to come out. You heal the crippled and the deaf. The lepers shout your name. You told Lazarus to wake from death. But if you're so powerful, then why are you on that tree? Why am I the criminal on this hillside standing free? Why didn't you speak up? Where was all of heaven's descent? We all know my name was guilty and your name innocent. Those should have been my chance. That should have been my road. Now your name is crucify and my name is let him go. That was my flogging, my beating, my skin. But now your name is death row and my name is forgiven. That was my spit. My ridicule, my gasp, my worry, that was my Via Dolorosa and my burden that you carried. Those were my thorns, that was meant to be my crown. It should have been my blood that was dripping on the brow. Those were my nails, my wrists in wretched perforation. Those were my desperate lungs resisting suffocation. That was my punishment, my wrath, my justice on display. Do you see? My name is death, and your name is pain. 
to sacrifice for liars, for cheaters, for the rotten, for thieves, for a good man one might die. But then, why would you die for me? Do you not see my anger, my wickedness and malice? I know your name is Jesus, but do you know my name's Barabbas? Are you a friend of sinners? Why invite me to your table? Do you know I was a murderer? I am Cain, you are Abel. Are you the father to me? Because I am prodigal, unworthy. My name is undeserving, but your name must be mercy. I am going, unfaithful, but you still call me bride. I am one who ran away. Your name is Leave the 99. My name is Fatherless. Abandon your name is Welcome Home. In a world of dreadful kings, you're the king who left his throne. Do you not see? This is a scandal. How reckless could you be? That was my mark in you my place on Calvary. That was my spear that stuck into your side. That was my sorrow, my grief, my suffering in your eyes. Years of my rebellion, years of condemnation. Who are you to hate them in my humiliation? That was my sin, my shame, my fame, and my cross. You took what I deserved, Jesus. That was my cross. If I doubted, never followed you. You humbled yourself into death, followed through, taking up my cross, brutal and rugged, because your name is love. My name is. So true about every one of our lives, how we were actually destined for death row and Jesus became the replacement offering on our behalf. Um, I want to read instead of preach for a while and then give you what I'm, where I'm going. It's going to take less time if I read it. Weekend after Easter, that's where we're at. We're not into feasts or festivals. We are into a lifestyle called Christianity. To the Christian, this, should be, uh, uh, this is what life should be. Religion is man-made God's service. Christianity is intimate relationship, real versus plastic, father and son made possible by indwelling Holy Spirit, the person. That's why it's the cross and the resurrection every day, not just Sundays, not just once a year, not a Passover. The Passover was a feast. 
or a festival, a once-a-year once a commemoration of the day they put the blood on the doorposts and the angel of death passed over, and a nation went free from, uh, from captivity and slavery to a promised land, a shadow and a type of substance. A nation who were God's people. And once the feast was over, we wait for another year. So that comes around again. No, there's a fundamental difference or differences between us and them. Talking about Israel and the Passover and us in Easter and the cross. This is a once-for-all occasion that affects my whole life, every day, forever, for a lifetime. Not for a chosen people, but for all of mankind, to those who will receive it by believing. Okay, so what am I saying? Is that so easily we fall into repetition. So easily another Easter passes and it was great and so we were in church on Easter and, you know, that's that. Now we wait for Christmas and then we wait for this. That cannot be Christianity. Our Christian life cannot be made up of different feasts and Sundays. A Christian life must be a reality of every day, every week, living by the in and abiding Spirit of God. And so it's my appeal to you today as I read some scriptures about indwelling that you and I will revisit this situation in our minds and in our hearts going forward from today onwards and say, I want a realness that is with me every day, every moment, every hour, every second, and it occurs very easily. It occurs by a change of heart. It occurs by a change of mind that says, I am not going to be a religious Christian. I'm not going to be someone who does things religiously as a man-made God service, but I'm going to change my heart and my mind, and I'm going to run after God on a daily basis in relationship. Are you getting me? Okay, so... Um, I'm not going to read them to you, but you know them very well. We'll maybe read one or two. Um, John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. You see, the, the, the branch of itself has no life in itself unless it abides in the vine. But if it abides in the vine, the very sap of the vine flows through the branch. Not the branch that bears fruit, it's the fact that I'm engrafted into the very tree of life. And his life then throws, flows through my life. John 14, talking about a dwelling place, and I wish I could go into that right now, but I've, time is short, so let me, let me just leave it with you. The dwelling place in John 14 
is the incoming and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's not a mansion on a hillside somewhere far on golden streets. No, the, the, the preparation of the place of John 14 is from John 12 to John 17. Jesus said, I'm going away, but it's better than I, that I go. Because if I do not go, he cannot come. But if I do go away, I'm going to be sending you a comforter. The Holy Spirit is going to live in and through you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 talks about being the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said, what, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? I think it's in Hebrews and in Acts. It says, God doesn't dwell in temples made with man's hand, but dwells on the inside of every single one of us. We have an indwelling leadership that's with us constantly. And if you step back for a moment and ask him for guidance, I want to use a very weird example today. Um, consciously, unconsciously, sometimes we need to be less conscious and just automatic. Peter testified before the service about the, the, um, the man that was in church on, my sister's husband that was in church on, on, on Sunday morning. I didn't have a specific word for him. I looked at, up at him. I knew some of the situation in his life because his wife had told me, because he had told me. I looked up at him and I had the imprompting of a moment's idea that said today is his day. And I just went with that and said, today, God is meeting with you today. Today is your day. If you make the decision, I didn't need a supernatural natural encounter to do that. Sometimes we just have to step out and do things more naturally supernatural. I looked up at, at um, uh, uh, hmm. who was it? Uh, the dad. Of, of, of the one lady. I looked up at him. He'd come with, uh, from, from Malmesbury, Adil's father. He stays here in Somerset West. I looked up at him, and I just said to him, Sir, you are a good man. That's all I had. I just had a, a, a God said, just give him a word about the fact that he's a faithful father. And I obeyed it, and I said, you're a good man, you're a good father. Do not doubt that which you have placed into your family. The man broke up. He just cracked up. So that's on a, on a very spiritual note. But I had a wedding yesterday, and they had a color code. They had like a color scheme. And I needed a new suit, um, a new shirt to go with my suit, because the others are like getting to the end of their, their, their tether. And I said to my wife, I want a shirt. But it's got to be a blue, a navy type blue or, a, or burgundy because that was their color skin. And as I went to bed in the last conscious thoughts before I fell asleep, I saw, Patrice, you'll appreciate this, I saw a blue. But it's not the sort of like common blue, you know, that we used. It was like a sort of like a blue, almost like that of my jacket, but, but more like a mauvey purple in it. And I told Albie. She got up in the morning. She said, I'm going to buy a shirt for you. I said, don't you want me to go? She said, no, you get finished. You do the paperwork. I'm going to go and buy you a shirt. I conveyed to her the color using two or three of my shirts in my cupboard. She went, she went into Mr. Price. She stood there. She saw the shirt, but there wasn't my size. And then as she was leaving, right at the top, there was a shirt. And she said, the lady, I want that shirt. 
came down, was my size, she brought it home, was exactly the same color that I had seen as I fell asleep. I had no idea what the suits of the men looked like. I had no idea, not seen a picture, not seen a color, anything. When I walked onto that wine farm to do that marriage yesterday, my color of my shirt exactly matched the color of the men's suits. That you might say that's a that, that's like a simple, stupid, um, you know, nonsensical com- combination. But I'm telling you, even the littlest thing, when God is moving in you and through you, He can show you the color of a shirt. He can show you the color of a person's eyes. He can give you the address of someone. Nothing of that is difficult when it comes to knowing God and His indwellingness in you and through you. He can, he can show you how to fix a car. He can show you where the wire is off in a, you know, you might be standing in front of your motor car and it won't start. And you say, God, please show me. <laughs> new car, new firm's car. Go, to, go on holiday with a little Nissan Sentra. It was like 5,000 kilos on the clock. We went to the game reserve, Albie and I, on the way back. I'm not a mechanic. On the way back, the car suddenly starts, I start smelling petrol, and I literally see the petrol gauge. I switch the car off, and there's, a, there's a, like a brass fitting on the side of the carburetor that broke off, and it was just spewing petrol all over the engine. That the engine didn't catch a light was a, was a miracle. A guy came past in a big three-ton truck, but it was one of those really high ones. He fastened us on a piece of rope that was from me to, 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 to like that long. He couldn't see me. The, the truck was raised three tonner. He couldn't see me. I was like this little kite in the wind fastened behind a big Boeing. I mean, he just put his foot down. I'm, I'm like standing on the brake. I'm trying to stop the car. The brakes are solid rock hard, and he's taking me back to um, uh, Burgess Fort. Just in Burgess Fort takes me back. Now we parked out some, outside some railway houses there, and I've got a couple of tools looking. A guy comes past. He brings his toolbox. Now we're trying to fix this thing. It's broken off. I see a breather pipe that's about the same size, but the breather pipe has got no thread on it whatsoever. It's just a blank pipe. I look in the car, and I find a, a, um, a piece of dental floss, a, a box of dental floss. I put dental floss on a piece of copper pipe that looks like, like thread tape. So I'm winding it up. I force that in and screw it in and then put the pipe with a, with, with a hose clamp over the top, fasten it with a piece of wire around the carb, and there Albie and I go late on a Sunday afternoon. Kids are going to be at school on Monday. And we go and we travel through the night and we get back to a house in Vereniging. I'm still working at that stage. Next morning, I go in, tell the boss, take the car, it's under guarantee, take it in to Nissan. Gets there at 7 o'clock, put it in. About half past 8, quarter to 9, I get a call from the foreman of the, of the workshop at Nissan. He said, could you please come down here and show us how you put this pipe in because we can't get it out. That's the kind
kind of ingenuity that God will give you when you know nothing about nothing, but you need in a desperate moment. Pray to God, please, my kids need to get home. My wife and I need to be safe with the children. Please get us home. A man comes, brings us tools. We put the thing together. I go home. It doesn't fall out again. All the dark roads, all the way home. And on the Monday morning, not even the mechanics at Nissan can undo what God did. Amen. That's the kind of leadership that you have on a natural scale. We should be living naturally supernatural. There's a story of, of, of um, Mel Torrey, the book about mighty rushing wind, one of the greatest revivals that ever took place. There's a story within the book where they walk across the water. They walk on water, but they are not conscious that they are walking on water. There are some people following them that want to kill them. As men of God, these were idol worshippers that were following him on this island of island dwellers. They were following them with the intent to kill them. They didn't know they were behind them. The plan was when we get to the river on the other side, the bank, there's a piece of ground that will suit the killing field. We're going to kill them. They walk across the river. They think they're wading. These men tried to cross right where they went in. They nearly drowned. That's how deep it was. They actually come to know the Lord because they see these guys walking literally on the water where they couldn't go through. They come to know the Lord and their testimony is we were following these men with the intent to kill them, but they walk on water. It wasn't a conscious walking on water. It was an unconscious feat. That I promise you, when you get to heaven one day, God is going to show you things you did that you never even knew were happening in your life at the time. And God was doing multiplication of food. He was providing a way where there wasn't a way. He was healing you when others were dying around you. He was faithful to you in so many naturally supernatural ways because you are the temple of the living God and He lives on the inside of you. But if we can just become more conscious... And it starts off with us stop living from Sunday to Sunday and from Sunday to Wednesday. Say, oh, well, Sunday was good. I got my, my tick in the box. I was in church on Sunday. Then Wednesday, oh, I need the filling station halfway through the month or halfway through the week because if I don't go on Wednesday, I'm not going to be full enough to make it to Friday. No, 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 no. You shouldn't be living from the pastor's deliverance of a message on a Monday and a Wednesday, you should be living from a source that never stops flowing, a stream from the inside that moves through you and out of you. You are filled with the Spirit. Acts 17, in Him I live and move and have my being. I think in Acts 17, it's even there, it says, uh, for God doesn't dwell in temples made with man's hands, but he lives on the inside of every uh, one of us. Colossians 1, 26 and 27 says, uh, this is a mystery that through the ages has been hidden, but now being revealed, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in you, Christ in me. Go with me to Ephesians, Ephesians 2. Are you okay? Are you there? So we're preaching, we, we show that video, that clip this morning on, on the great exchange on the cross. We preach the finished work almost every Sunday. Why? Because it's not a festival. 
It's a lifetime of sacrifice. Jesus took your place and my place and died for you and me that we might have life and life more abundantly. Ephesians, Ephesians 2, uh, where, 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 Ephesians 2. I've got to finish. I see I've got to finish. Ephesians 2, verse 21. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth up unto a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. You are a habitation of God through the Spirit. I'm going to read one, one scripture and, and try and close. Maybe two. Romans 5. Romans 5. Or one portion of scripture, not just one scripture. Romans 5, verse 6 to 17. And think back on the video that you saw this morning. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man, good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when, when we were enemies, for if when we were enemies, say enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Ah, man. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them, that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him who was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. It's time to reign. It's time to live a victorious Christian life. But I don't think it's possible, Dave. I've tried so hard. I've done this. I've done that. It never worked. No, it will work if you allow the Spirit to operate through you. Living 
controlled and driven by that inner voice that can even choose the color of your shirt. Amen? Don't make it difficult. It's actually easy. We've made it difficult because of religious teachings, but it's not difficult if you just allow the Spirit to love through you. Amen? And the whole world is waiting to be loved by the love of God, but through your eyes and through your smile and through your hug and through everything that you do, you are an advertisement. You are a living walking signboard of Jesus' goodness and His grace. Won't you stand with me this morning? Father, thank You for the price of the cross. Thank You that my debt is paid. That my sin is forgiven that I'm blood-washed and now I'm whiter than snow. Because of the price that you've paid, I'm free. You took my sin and you gave me your righteousness. You took my sickness and gave me your healing. You took my debt and gave me freedom. You took the curse and made me blessed. Thank you. That it is not just a festival. It's not just a feast. It's a lifestyle and a relationship that lives in and through me and with me every single day. Holy Spirit, focus me to the cross. That I will operate from a position, a high point that never changes. I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the past. I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free. Praise the Lord. Free at last. Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. You are blessed. I release you. You may go.